And welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I am your host, Cami Scott, <laughs> and I am joined by a highly requested guest. And I'm sure you guys already know who it is because you read the caption of this and clicked on it. Joanna Simon. That's me. <laughs> what up? I have gotten so many requests. Every time I ask who you guys want to see on the podcast, there's like 99% Aww. of them our Joe. Well, probably 50% you and 50% Taryn. Two <laughs> girlfriends. Makes yeah. sense. Exactly. They want to know all about your love interests. I actually got a lot of questions about like what the hell happened to Jammy whenever I asked people. I asked people what for their to it. <laughs> I asked people their mental health questions and I get why do you guys look like is Joe single and what happened to Jammy? We're it's like adorable. My, I know, very cute. People are invested. Um <laughs> I brought Joe on the podcast today to talk a bit about mental health. We did an episode on the podcast, a little bit about mental health, kind of focusing about the stigma of mental health in the black community. So today we're going to be focusing on dealing with your mental health during COVID and quarantine, which I know for most people, whether you have ever experienced anything related to mental health before, it is heightened or people are experiencing it for the first time. So I have my resident expert, Joanna Simon here because she goes to therapy. A lot of mental illnesses. (laughs) So I can talk about it for hours. Yeah. Joe has experience with mental illness. I'm qualified. Very qualified. And she goes to therapy and she's also really transparent about her struggles, which I think is so important. And I wish more people were that way. I know her being so open and honest has made me feel better and more comfortable to personally talk to her about my issues and also publicly share them. So Queen Joe. Oh my God. I forgot to grab the, I keep doing this. I forgot to grab the trivia question thing. So I'm going to Google one instead of using the cards that I've been using. I am so curious what those cards are about. It's just a game, but it has trivia. What was Google's original name? There is like a, is there like a multiple choice? There is. And we don't typically do that. But you know, if we'll you do don't it. Don't typically do it. Then. No, let's. We can do it. We can do it. Do you know it at all? Like, could you even I, guess? For some reason, <gasps> you know this. Head, no, I don't. I wouldn't know it. But I've definitely heard it before somewhere in my lifetime. Okay. There's so maybe if you hear, about, if I hear it, I might know. Okay. It. So the options are Google, but spelled G O O G O L. Google. <laughs> Google. So it's um, not that one. <laughs> one shot, typist, and back rub. Oh, shit. I just saw the answer. I was never going to get it. But so. you saw it. I didn't. No, so you self-dancer. I normally try to answer None as well. None of those sound familiar. I thought it would like unlock something would, inside mm-hmm. my brain, but no. I love when that happens, when I think I'm going to know something. And even when I figure out the answer, I'm like, nope, that still is nowhere in my brain. Um, I Google don't know. one shot typist or back rub. What's the second one? One shot. I don't think it's typist, so I feel like it's either got to be back rub, which feels wrong, <laughs> but it literally could be because I don't know. Um, I'm going to go one shot. You should have stayed with back rub. It was it's, not. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't understand that. It felt too too out there. It did, which I guess that's like, that's trivia for back you. The rub. one you think it wouldn't be, it is. They sold Google as back rub. Yeah, I don't understand. It has to mean something like, hmm. 
a search engine called Backrub. Yeah. I don't All know. Right. Maybe it was like not used for a search engine at first. I don't know. Maybe it was like a kinky a lot of thing. questions about that. I'm I have to Google, do some research Google later. Let us know what's up. Um, all right. I'm glad we got that out of the way. That was a weird one. And if any of you knew that, you're lying or you're in tech. <laughs> <laughs> or you just guessed. Taryn, did you know that? Yeah. You did? No, I didn't know it off the top, but when you read the four what? options, I That's yeah. what I thought would happen When we read the questions. You yeah. didn't. <laughs> I probably would have guessed just Google spelled funky, to be honest, because I'm like someone who's probably like, people are going to look at this and not know how to pronounce it. No, Let's simplify it. I knew it. that because I knew it was named something different, so it couldn't have been the first one. Yeah. Any Whatever. of the last three it could have been. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Um, I never get the trivia questions right. It's starting to really hurt my ego. But anyways, <laughs> let's get into mental health. Um, can you just give us a little background on like when in your life you first noticed that you were having issues with your mental health and how did you navigate that process? Um, I've definitely always struggled with anxiety first and foremost. Like that's been something throughout my whole life I've kind of dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the most like defining moments, I guess, when it comes to that, that I realized that it was an issue and there was maybe not something super great um, was in elementary school. I want to say maybe third grade and I was taking a test and I cheated on the test (laughs) And I literally had such a bad panic attack over it that I had to tell my mom and confess. Like I was having a panic attack, crying, telling her like, like the guilt just ate me up. Oh, you're such a goody little two shoes. Through the roof. So that was when I first noticed. I was like, okay, most kids actually do not cry when they cheat on tests. Yeah, you're like, this doesn't feel like a normal reaction. um, It got easier throughout my life. Cheating yes. or the anxiety? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> no, just the cheating. Just- <laughs> fair, fair. And on tests only. We're keeping that. Oh straight. yes, yes. She's not talking about relationships. Just, just tests. to clarify, <laughs> just in school. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of when I first recognized that there was something a little bit different that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, and. I didn't really start to understand what it was until mm-hmm. high school when I was like 17 yeah. or 18. Um, and that was when I was in my first like real relationship. And so that's obviously got to come with a lot of anxieties totally. and feelings. Um, yeah, and, just as like a normal teen, there are yeah. heightened feelings. And then on top of clearly you already were suffering from anxiety if you mm-hmm. experienced it in third grade. That's so young. Like most Early most boomer. Yeah. <laughs> I was very advanced. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't really feel, I feel like their anxiety like showing until you're a little bit older when you can kind of process your emotions. Yeah. So to have that on top of being like an angsty teen. Wasn't great. No, that's a lot. That's heavy. Yeah. So the anxiety- Were you diagnosed with anxiety yet? No. So I didn't get diagnosed until I started going to therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I started going to therapy, I was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and a little bit of OCD. Mm -hmm. At Um, what age was this? Super fun. 18. Okay. So it wasn't until I was 18 I got like all of that really figured out. But there were definitely times where it was worse and where it was better, Mm -hmm. even like leading up to that. Like middle school for me was rough with depression mainly. Yeah. So like Elementary school, it was really the anxiety. Then middle school, we really had the depression and it was like super low lows. And then we get into high school, 
It's fun mix of everything. <laughs> You're like, yay, all of it. Well, mixed drink. It was fun. Was Great. it like a relief when you were actually diagnosed to at least put a label on it and know, okay, like there's not something wrong with me. This is just something that I now can get the tools to fix. Or was it scary to then get diagnosed of like, oh my God, there's all these things. How do I deal with this? Um, I think before that point, I was kind of self-diagnosed. So mm-hmm. I had known like, you weren't surprised. I knew about depression. I knew about anxiety. And those were feelings and terms I related to. Mm-hmm. But I had never gotten like a clinical diagnosis from anyone. So to me, it didn't really make a huge difference yeah. in terms of like feeling like, oh, now I know. Yeah. You were like, I, I kind Thanks, of was like, guys, I know. yeah, we knew this. Let's keep <laughs> moving. Knowing. Um, and yeah, so that was really not a huge thing, the diagnosis, but Mm -hmm. definitely like going to therapy, figuring out like what my treatment options were, what paths I wanted to take, if I wanted to try medication, if I wanted to try some more homeopathic treatments and stuff like that. Yeah. So that itself was kind of a whole other journey Mm -hmm. that, you know, was very separate for me from like the initial diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What were some of the treatments that you tried? If you don't mind sharing, obviously share as much or as little as you want. I'm an open book on (laughs) everything. Um, So the first thing I ever really tried was therapy and that went really well. Um, I am pretty Mm anti-medication just because for me – it's always a thought that causes more anxiety. Me too. And like I've heard good and bad things about it, you know. Um, There's definitely a trial period when it comes to trying out new medication. And for me, that was always the scariest part. Like adjusting to the meds and like sometimes it can get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to see if I could, you know, handle it without having to do that. For Mm -hmm. some people – medication completely like saved them. And it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, that wasn't something I wanted to do. I I did get a prescription for, I think it was Celexa, which is an anxiety med. Um, and I went and I picked it up and I had the bottle, but I, I never took it. I just yeah. got too anxious every time I thought about it. And uh, yeah, so that was never really something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so... I have never really tried any medication, but therapy has helped a lot. Um, and there have also been other things like I've taken certain supplements for it. Um, I've done certain like, it's going to sound weird, but like laser treatments and stuff. Oh, um, my dad's a chiropractor and he's got all these fancy machines. <laughs> and so he can actually set some of them to help treat um, anxiety or depression. And mm-hmm. so I've tried using those and they've definitely helped too. So I like, for me personally, I just prefer going the homeopathic route, the yeah. natural I do too. as possible. To I know. I'm like, it. until I can't handle it, like worst case scenario, I always go that route. I mean, that's yeah. just how I am with, I don't like doctors. I like it. I just, Reagan's no parking. <laughs> I just get, like you said, more anxious when it comes to all of that, that I'd mm-hmm. rather like, yeah, sign me up for a laser. How does that work? It's honestly, he's got a few different lasers. Riggins, it's not your time to shine. It's mine. Um, He's got a few different machines and lasers in there. There's one of them that's just like a pad Mm -hmm. that you lay on that sends like energy waves through the air. Oh, I want that. That'll like encompass your body, which is interesting. Um, There's other lasers. You just like hold on to them 
in your mm-hmm. hands. There's little boxes that go by your feet and you just kind of lie there for a little bit and the lasers, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of them that I've tried and I've enjoyed it. When I'm consistent with going and doing that and taking certain supplements and going to therapy, it's usually a pretty good mental health month for me. Yeah. But sometimes mental health can get in the way of... Of your own treatment. Of your own treatment and consistency. That's that's the hardest thing that I feel like I experienced and I know so many other people do of like, you can even know exactly what you need, but in the moment of having your whatever episode it is, whatever mental health you're dealing with, that's the hardest time to do what you know is good for you. Like how the heck do you find that balance in any way? I think something that my therapist has taught me that really has helped me with motivation, productivity, all of that, um, is contrary action. So Mm -hmm. it's easy to feel like you don't want to do stuff, especially if you have depression, anxiety, any type of mental health thing that you're struggling with. It's easy to feel like I just don't want to do it. I don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's about throwing that thought away and just doing it anyways. So you say, I don't want to do this, but you take the contrary action and you do it anyways. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's kind of the only way you can really get yourself out of something like that. It's, it's like knowing your own it. mind and knowing that you're going to say, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. You're saying, but I should. So I'm, I just, I got to. Yeah. I feel like I have such a hard time finding that balance of like, oh, I need to, like I'm doing air quotes, take care of myself. So because I'm feeling depressed, I do need to go take a nap. Because I need to, I need to be good to myself and I need to cancel all my plans with my friends and not see anyone, which that's why, and we'll get into that in a minute. Quarantine has been so weird for me because my depression shows itself in like, I want to cancel everything as you know, as one of my friends, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to like do anything. But the second I go away from that and hang out with my friends or do the social thing I didn't want to do, go to, go to an event, do whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel so much better. But when I'm having those feelings, I'm like, no, I should take care of myself. I should do what, what I need. And then I just isolate myself and I can't get in my head of like, oh no, I need to push myself. I like can never understand that balance at all. It's a tricky one. I think (laughs) self-care is something that is really misinterpreted a lot of the time. I think people think, all right, well, I, I'm doing what I want to do. That self-care is like just doing what my brain's telling me to do. It's telling me to take a nap. It's telling me to overeat. It's telling me not to eat today. Mm -hmm. That's my version of self-care. Just doing a face mask and staying home, isolating, watching a movie I've seen seven Whoa, bitch, call me out. (laughs) No, this is me calling myself out. Um, So self-care may seem like the things that you want to do, but sometimes self-care is taking that contrary action and doing the things you don't want to do because you know you'll feel better for it. Oh my God. That is the sound bite to promo this episode. That was, that's so true. Like that was like a light bulb in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. Self-care is not fun all the time. Self-care does not always mean giving into your no cravings of whatever is just feeding your anxiety. It's one of the hardest things to unlearn. Self-care is tough love. It is. Oh my God. That's it. That is such a good... Joanna Simon, everyone. Round of applause. I am wise beyond my years. (laughs) I know that you have those similar tendencies as me to kind of like not want to reach out, not like kind of wanting to isolate yourself. How have you been dealing with that in the land of 
COVID, social distancing, quarantining? I mean, obviously not super successfully, (laughs) as most people around me know. Um, But I think that therapy obviously has been helping for me to kind of address like when I'm actually doing that. Because a, a big problem with a lot of these behaviors is that we don't even know we're doing them half the time. Totally. So it's helpful to have someone every other week call me out and be like, you should do this. You shouldn't do that. Like, you know what you need to do. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and I think that's helped. And also just, I don't know. It's just knowing that I do feel better when I do these things and holding on to that instead of focusing on, well, right now I'll feel better mm-hmm. if I don't do it. It's like, you got to think of a big picture. Yeah. It's probably so good having a third party person who's not a friend or a family member being like, no, you have to do this. Because I know for me, when my friends are telling me like, no, you just, you need to come out or obviously before quarantine, like (laughs) I know you're feeling down, but like, let's watch a movie and do this. I kind of get angry. (laughs) Like I get annoyed. I'm like, you don't know what's you best for me. You don't understand what I'm going through. Like, I yeah. don't think you understand the validity of the depression I'm feeling right now. And meanwhile, yeah, they do. They're literally doing what I'm telling me what I need, but I just can't hear it. Where if you're having your therapist every week be like, how many plans did you cancel? And then you're like, <laughs> five. They can tell you, yeah. no, that cut that shit. That's so bad. Well, I think it's different for everyone. Like the not so fun thing about mental illnesses is it presents differently in everyone. So Mm -hmm. where someone's, uh, you know, someone's go-to thing might be cancel plans, isolate. Other people deal with it by constantly going out and over like making plans Mm -hmm. and just distractions constantly. I deal with both sides of that. So it's, it's really a balance and it's hard for other people to kind of understand where you're at in that balance. Cause Mm -hmm. for me, I might be going through a phase where I'm distracting myself from everything that's going wrong. So I'm just going out, I'm socializing, I'm not spending any time with me. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that and I see someone else who's just kind of like sitting at home, I'm like, oh, you should come out. It'll make you feel better. Even though you know, it's different for everybody. Absolutely. So everyone I think has good intentions when they say that, but it's hard to see it. Yeah. It's like, you're not my therapist. So you don't know where I fall on that spectrum. And like, like you said, you do both. So it's where I fall on that spectrum, any given moment or any given day. Am I, am I distracting and not dealing with my feelings? Am I shutting down to everybody? Like even when I shut down, I'm not being alone and being like, Hmm, I should journal and figure out what I'm feeling. I'm like, zoning out and distracting myself in other ways, whether it's a face mask or a movie. Distractions have become such a big part of life. I think especially with anxiety, like distractions are my go-to. That is the (laughs) sweet spot. So like whatever I can do to distract myself, it's gotten to the point where I can't even fall asleep unless there is some type of noise in the background. Yeah. Because oh, I've been doing I that too. Just do not like to be alone with my thoughts. Yeah, there, it's scary but you up have there. To. You Ugh. have to. That's how you get through these things. Damn it. And <laughs> I, I think lately, the past like month or so, I've been able to sit kind of with my thoughts mm-hmm. better than I would have, and it's made it a lot easier for me to kind of spend time with myself. Mm-hmm. I think you don't want to spend time alone when you're constantly worried and you don't want to think about what's going on. Like totally. You need distractions. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to 
hang out with her. No. And like another thing my therapist tells me, I'm just sharing all of her knowledge with the world is that She's like- She's going to bill us for this. She is. She's going to be like, hey, where's my cut? <laughs> so my therapist has told me that when it comes to anxiety, sometimes it's important to just kind of sit with it for a little bit, even mm-hmm. if it's uncomfortable and you just want to distract yourself and turn it off. It You kind of have to ride it out. That's mm-hmm. the only way you're ever going to start to feel- comfortable with it is mm-hmm. if you kind of let yourself feel uncomfortable yeah, and just kind of experience it. And that is something that's always hard for me because it's like, you feel a bad thing. You just want to turn it on. You want to fight it. You don't want to feel bad. Yeah, no one like, wants to. Why would I just allow this to happen? But in order to like actually understand how you're feeling, sometimes it's your mind and your body's way of telling you something mm-hmm. and like, you just got to listen to it. Totally. Not easy though. No, uh, goddamn near impossible. One of my favorite ways to explain that whole, like just feeling it. I posted on my Instagram recently is like seeing it as a wave. It's a common technique in therapy. Like if you have ever been swimming in the ocean and a big wave comes and you try to fight it, most likely it's going to knock your ass down, maybe throw you down into the sand. Like it's a very scary feeling. Like it's, I love swimming in the ocean, but getting like pummeled by a wave, whoa, spooky. But if you're swimming and you just kind of like, you have the tools to handle it and you just ride with that wave, like let your body go up and you ride over the wave. Yeah. That might be a little scary when you get up really high and you know, you're going to come back down though. And then you're fine. And that's kind of how you have to deal with anxiety and depression of recognizing it knowing it will pass and allowing your body to ride it instead of fighting it. And it's way less scary. I think that applies definitely a lot more to anxiety than depression. I would not recommend anyone to ride their depression. That's what I try to do. (laughs) No, it's not great. Yeah. It doesn't work. (laughs) You get stuck. So then what do you do when you're having like a depressive episode. Me personally, I get stuck and then I'm depressed for Me months. too. Me too. What do I, what does your therapist tell us to do? It's number one thing she tells me, contrary action. You got to just do the stuff you don't want to do. I'm <sighs> stuck sitting in bed all day, every day. I don't want to move. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be productive. No. But I have to. And <sighs> the second you start doing it and you get into a rhythm and a schedule, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot easier. It's just about taking those first steps to actually do it. Yeah. That's like the so worst hard. Part. Worst part. But you just got to do it. You know, Shia LaBeouf was onto something. <laughs> just do it. Oh my God. I love Shia LaBeouf. You remember that video? Yes. <laughs> iconic. And he meant it. He did. He told it. us all how to solve our mental health. I know. We should have listened back then because it still holds true. It really yeah. I, I like even you saying that, I'm like, yes, I know that's what I need to do. But like you said, just. God, that first step. And then I have an issue with once I do that, I throw myself into something and obsess over it. It's typically work. And I know like I do too much too fast. And part of me is feeling like, okay, I don't feel depressed today. So I need to try to like bank in as much work as I can, get YouTube videos, podcast episodes, Instagram pictures. Like I need to just knock that shit out all in one day. And then I burn out because I know that when my depression hits, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I have like balance does not exist for me. It's like either doing everything and kind of distracting, not just doing it to do it or not being able to like leave the bed. (laughs) I think that is one of the hardest things for everybody because balance is the only way that things kind of start to normalize themselves. 
And it's so hard to find balance, especially when you're in it, when you're living life, it's hard to just kind of stop for a minute and recognize what am I doing too much of? What am I not focusing enough energy into? But I think it's good to have people kind of call you out every now and then and say, Hey, focus more time on friends. Mm -hmm. Don't focus so much on work or just like, Hey, do you want to have a work day? If you notice your friends are not doing that, you know, I think it's just about, I mean, obviously having support systems is really important just in life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just recognizing in yourself that you can be your own support system and it's hard, but you can find balance. Yeah. That was one of the really common questions I got. I, always ask you guys before each episode for questions for my guests. So if you aren't participating in that and you'd like to, uh, it's on my personal Instagram. You should come hang out and follow me so that you can be included in these questions. But a lot of people were asking, how do you get that support from your friends and your family without feeling like a burden, which I'm such a like do it yourself kind of gal where I don't want to ask for help. And especially if it's something as big and heavy as anxiety or depression, I'm like, God, I'm just going to annoy my friends or burden them with my sorrows. I don't want to talk to them about it. Like how, how do you approach your friends to get that advice and support? I think it's tricky because a lot of people have had, you know, either really bad experiences with trying to reach out to a friend about something and then Mm -hmm. kind of feeling a bit let down. Yeah. Um, and it's also that anxiety or that depression that's in the back of your mind, like, stopping you from doing it in the first place. Like, oh, I'm going to annoy them or like, they're not going to react well to this, mm-hmm. you know, but that I just think makes it a little bit more difficult, but there are ways around it for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm not like the most knowledgeable person ever <laughs> on this. You're like, I don't know. I struggle there too, as we all do. I'm a human being. Yeah. I think also because there has been for so long and I'm glad we're finally moving forward with it. There's been such a stigma with mental health that even though, like, I think for us, we know that our friends get it and most of us have struggled with it. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a mental illness. I know. I don't know if that's on purpose or not. (laughs) You're like, I like in the same way at this point that I honestly don't know anyone who isn't gay. Like, do I know anyone who doesn't have a mental illness? (laughs) Is there anyone listening? Like attracts like, like, I know. We just like just all flock my mentally to each other. ill gay friends. Yeah, which is fine. We get each other Horrible. and that's wonderful. But it, I yeah, even when you feel like you have such a safe space, like I know like your family and obviously all our friends have get it and are supportive. It's it can still be really hard to discuss. I think what I have found to be the most comfortable, which I've always really struggled with opening up to people. And only over the past few years have I gotten better at it in any way, which has immensely helped my friendships instead of like me being like, help me, help me, help me. Because like you were saying, you have to kind of figure out how to help yourself and can't like, you got to like sort that out as well. And like go to therapy and do that. Your friends can't fix you. Yeah, I mean, definitely also confidence thing too. When it comes to asking for help, there is a huge confidence factor Mm -hmm. and confidence is such a taboo thing that I feel like everybody wants and no one really can admit they have it. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing. Even people you see and you're like, oh my God, she's so confident. Like 
everyone I've known that I've thought was the most confident person in the world has so many insecurities. Mm-hmm. I got a question. That. A lot of people sent in questions for Joe that were, hi, Franklin. A lot of people sent in questions for Joe that were not specifically related to mental health because y'all love Joe and want to know more about her. Um, but someone said, and I kind of chuckled at it, which I do think that you're confident, but I do know like your true feelings as well. Someone had said, how is Joe so confident? Or at least she portrays herself to be that way, which I think you're like this balance of like, you are confident and you do enjoy yourself, but you also use like your humor is like acting cocky to cover up your insecurities. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Exactly. The most like, I don't know, most... Can't think beneficial. of today. I can't think of any words. Head empty. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, it is. Um, it's probably the best way to deal with confidence. Like you yeah. literally just have to start saying it if you don't believe it. Because mm-hmm. eventually, you're gonna start to feel comfortable saying these things. Totally. Like, my therapist told me to just tell her like, what do I like about myself? And I could not think of a single thing. I'm like, that sounds so weird to say. Well, honestly, it's like kind of, I was self-conscious. I was like, but like, do I like that? I don't know. Like, what if she thinks I'm weird for saying that? Well, we're also taught that like, you're not allowed to be proud of yourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. God, the internet's just really confused and scrambled up our brains. But if you'd say like, God, I love my body or like, my face is so cute. People are like, ew, yeah. how dare you yeah. enjoy yourself? But then when someone's like, oh, I feel ugly, we're all like, oh my God, no, you're beautiful. But then we don't want them to feel that. It's this weird <laughs> idea of like being insecure and like humble have kind of gotten mixed together. Yeah, they're so not the same thing. people want to see humble, but they just say, Oh, well, like, that's just you being insecure. Like, if I talk about my insecurities, then I'm humble. Yeah. But, like, no, that's not cute anymore. We're not cutting that in 2020. Some of the cockiest people I've ever met in my life are also the most insecure. It's like all of these words don't mean the same thing. And you should be happy for someone when they're not feeling insecure. Like, let's stop putting people down for being happy or proud of who they are. Support each other. Yeah. Let's love each other. Do it. Love and support, your God. Please. We really got off on a tangent. I just remembered that we were talking about I think asking people for help. Oh yeah, sorry. That's what <laughs> happens a lot on this podcast. But I like it. It's fine. Sometimes it's my brain just clicks, and I'm like, wait a second. You're like That's I want to talk we about that. <laughs> um, yeah, asking people for help. Do you have more to say on that? Is that what you no, brought us I was back? Just, that's like, you're like, I don't, I still don't know. Confidence and yeah. just like why that's important yeah. in relation to asking people for help. And like, oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable, <laughs> but you gotta. Yeah. And it can be. And like, I think I have experienced the best success for myself feeling comfortable talking to people when rather than being like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm dealing with this big, heavy thing. Me explaining myself, I think because I do the whole like, antisocial shutdown thing Mm -hmm. that I've learned that if I explain myself and it's not to excuse myself because I don't feel like my anxiety is an excuse to be like a shitty friend. Like I, I don't want to just, I know that my friends can be accepting and understanding, but I still want to be a good friend. But I think being able to share like, Hey, I tend to shut down when I'm feeling anxious 
and I don't know what to do and I cancel plans. Now your friends know. And then if, if you talk about like, you know, what's helpful for me when I just suck it up and I go to that party or go to this thing, like, that's why I feel like a lot of my friends will not force me, but they will. Like I'll have friends who will be like, no, you're coming or I'm coming over or whatever, which again has been why quarantine has been really bad for me because one, I have an excuse to be like, I don't want to see you. You're not being safe. And two, you're supposed to be home. So I am staying home. But I think like me just explaining what I'm going through instead of asking for help has lent itself to my friends being more helpful. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. It's all in in communication. Communication is the only way you're going to see any type of change. It is one of the hardest things. Confrontation, Mm -hmm. communication, not a fan personally. But I have (laughs) seen results when I have, you know, tried to communicate my feelings. Yeah. Um, Not always great results, but there are (laughs) definitely results either way. Yeah. But a lot of times that's on other people. Your communication skills, especially with conflicts, has gotten so good. Joe and I got in a fight the other day. <laughs> I I'm just, I'm totally kidding. No, you called me out for not being like a very supportive, good friend, which as you should. None of the words I said included no. any of that. Okay, those said, are, by the way, you're a great friend, but yeah. could you do a little bit more? It was actually the sweetest text ever. It was like all nice, kind things. And then being like, but I'm feeling really isolated and alone. Those are all my words that I fully, true heartedly believe. I was not being an awesome friend for Joe. Um, Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. You're doing great at conflict. Therapy is working wonders for Joe. Yeah. It's something that is tough for everyone. But I will say, Cammie had 10 out of 10 response in terms of that. I felt like a proud mom. I literally like, (laughs) I quickly tried to address like, I totally hear your feelings. They are valid. I agree with you. I've been thinking this too. Wish I would have said something sooner. And then quickly was like, but real quick, side note, you handled that so well. I'm so proud of you for saying what you were feeling. I was fully prepared. I Like mentally, I'm always prepared for a fight. When it comes to me expressing my feelings, I have been conditioned to expect the other person's going to be upset at me. Why do you so, think that? Past experience. Yeah. Ton of it. Um, <laughs> ton of it. So when I confront people and I'm like a little bit, like even just talking about my feelings and not trying to be mean in any way, sometimes people take it personally and they get offended. Yeah. And that happens and, you know, not putting blame on other people, but it just, it does happen. It makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. So when I was reaching out to you, I was fully convinced, like, she's going to hate me. We're not going to talk for a week. (laughs) Like this is the end. Jammy is over. Friendship (laughs) done. Anyone wondering what happened to Jammy? Joe called me out. (laughs) No, I was so worried about how you'd react. And even though I know you and Mm -hmm. I know that that's not the type of person you are, it's easy to get in your head about these things. Totally. But that was such a good example of like reaching out to someone and it, you know, being received well, and it solved a lot of conflict. Like I felt better without any change to your actions, just knowing that you heard how I was feeling and you reacted like that. I was Mm -hmm. like, I already feel 10 times better. Sometimes that's all we need. We just like want to be heard, especially when you're having anxiety. And like you said, you thought of the worst. You knew I wouldn't react poorly to it, but your head went to worst case scenario where you said you were like considering sending that text to me for hours. And that must have really been hard on your anxiety to not share those feelings and then to just have those feelings like validated. That's all we need. But I've noticed so much in our society that when we are 
not even criticize, but like we are told you hurt my feelings. The defense goes up so fast and it just creates this hostile, dramatic conversation that could be so simple if we just listen to the other person, apologize for making them feel that way. I hate when people are like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like I think you can you can express that you your intention wasn't to do that, but recognize that you did do it. Because gosh, for people who for anyone listening that doesn't have anxiety, if your friends have anxiety, that's like that's the hardest thing to deal with a conflict with you. They don't want to hurt you. They don't want you to hurt them again. Like it I think that just like spikes the anxiety so high. Yeah. And I mean Again, mental illness is not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Like everyone reacts to it differently. And a lot of times communication, when I'm trying to communicate my feelings to someone else who has anxiety, if you say it in the wrong way, it can always come off to them like, oh God, now I'm doing something wrong. And then they get anxious about it. And then it's a conflict. Yeah. And then know? this like anxiety snowball effect. So I think if you are someone who has anxiety and you're not great at confrontation and you find this is something that happens to you a lot where someone comes to you with their feelings and it kind of ends in a fight, mm-hmm. um, just try to separate your uh, I don't know, your defensiveness from their feelings because mm-hmm. guaranteed it's not them trying to be mean or calling you out. If I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. Every situation is <laughs> different, but I think you can tell when someone's trying to express their feelings versus them, you know, Attacking. just trying to start a fight and being angry. Totally. So I think just recognizing the difference between that and responding accordingly, even if someone is reaching out in a way that may not be constructive. Mm-hmm. You should still try to like try to be the bigger person there. Be understanding and just like say, oh, maybe I could be better at this. Yeah. Or just say, I maybe didn't like the way that you said that, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I think that's been my biggest issue during quarantine of like sharing with friends that I'm upset about their actions and like them not being careful enough and not social distancing. So then I feel left out because I don't even feel comfortable, like social distance hanging. And then I also am like, well, you guys don't even care to go on a walk or do a zoom call. Cause you're hanging out with a new person every day. And like, I don't even know where to begin to communicate with that. So I've just really shut down, which I know is not good or right or helpful, but I've really just like in a way cut people out of my life, like not completely, but just, I don't know. I just don't know how to navigate it. And I know a lot of people are in that. Yeah, no, that's a huge thing for a lot of people. Like you're definitely not the first person <laughs> who I've even talked to that's been feeling that way. And I think, you know, it's something I've been experiencing too. Um, and it's tough because you want to feel like you're still a priority to certain people, but when your friends are going out and they're not being safe and they're kind of eliminating their chances to hang out with you, it's easy to feel like you're not a thought in their mind. You're mm-hmm. not a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, And the only way that I've been able to successfully deal with any of those feelings is honestly just by understanding that that maybe doesn't feel good. And if I don't want to do the whole confrontation thing, because sometimes confrontation can help and saying how you feel, I would recommend that, but I'm still learning and I'm weak. (laughs) So if you can't do that, I would just recommend putting your energy into the few people that you know, do understand you and do make you feel like a priority. Yeah. And not focusing so much on 
the however many people are, you know, making you feel not great during this weird time because everyone's going through it. And I think focusing on the people who are making you feel good right Mm -hmm. now is what's going to get you through this. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I've also understand that although it's not safe, I know a lot of people who their mental health is requiring them to be able to see people. And then if other people aren't being safe, it kind of creates this like mess of a situation. So it's like, we're all going through it. We're all dealing with it the best we can. So I don't want to criticize anyone for handling it the way that they need to handle it. I just think. I will. Yeah. I'll <laughs> criticize everyone. Okay. You know what? I am, but I'm trying to be understanding of my friends and still be supportive while still vocalizing I don't agree with your actions right now, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think in terms of mental health and quarantine and being safe, Mm -hmm. um, that's been something, you know, it's definitely hard for everyone. And I, as someone who has a lot of struggles with mental health, I'm struggling staying home. Mm -hmm. I want to go out. I want to see my friends. I want to party. I don't want to be safe. Like it's not fun to sit at home and like isolate. Yeah. Um, and but you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm doing it because it's, I don't know. It's just it's the right thing to thinking do. Thinking about others. Yeah. Well, it's, we could all be out of this if you would all go the fuck home. <laughs> like every other country did. Please everyone in America go home. It's going to be a controversial episode. I, I don't care. They all are. Whatever. Where go home. Everyone. At? Go home and listen to this podcast. Wear a mask (laughs) and stay home. (laughs) Get tested if it's free for you and if you can afford it. I think it's free everywhere. It's not. It's not? I posted on my Instagram story that everyone should get tested. And And I got some interesting responses of people saying, it's not free here. I can't afford it. Where is it not free? I don't understand that. They did not specify where they were from. I need to research. I actually didn't realize that it was free and then I just I just got tested yeah. for the first time and it was like it was actually so easy. I think so. it's different depending on what state you're in. Yeah. In the United States. Um, but yeah. I know you have listeners from all parts of the world. Yeah, so. where are y'all at? Is it free? Have you gotten it done? Um okay, I have so many questions. I don't I can't see the timer, but I don't think we have a ton of time left. But I have gotten so many questions from people who want to know stuff from you. So I'm going to go through these, see which ones we have not answered yet. Um, I like this one. It's like hopeful and nice. What is one thing you've improved on with your mental health this year? Which I know we've declined our mental health this year, but is there something, especially going to therapy so much that you've improved? Um, I think something that I have noticed that has improved significantly for me is that I have focused more on myself mm-hmm. and stopped using other people as a distraction as much, it is very easy for me Snaps to for just focus on other people and like mm-hmm. their mental health and like, how can I help you? Uh-huh. Like, I love helping other people because I still Classic. feel good and it's a distraction. Uh-huh. Um, and you're like, I'm, I'm working on mental health, just not my just own. not my own. <laughs> so this year I've definitely um, made more of an effort to focus on myself and what I need to do in my own well-being. Prioritizing JoJo. Good girl. It feels weird to even say that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Like talking about me doing something good for myself. It's all, this is why I go to therapy. Yeah. Wait, that's, that's a, that's an amazing thing that you're prioritizing you. Talking about you like feel like guilty things for myself. I'm like, it's unfamiliar. <laughs> I don't know her. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know her. Um, 
a lot of people asked, which I guess a lot of people are going through, dealing with breakups during quarantine. Yes, this is a big one because quarantine has been really make or break on a lot of relationships. Yeah, like divorce rates are higher than ever. It's wild out here. Crazy. But um, yeah, quarantine is definitely affected relation. How can it not? It changed our mm-hmm. whole way of life. Like Absolutely. It's going to affect that. Um, and it's definitely a different thing too. Cause you know, if you're going through a breakup, you can't just like go out and hang out with your friends and party or have that one night stand you need to get over it. Yeah. Or if you like live together, getting space, if you're not doing well, which is, I'm so, I'm sure so many people are like, fuck this. I'm just going to bounce. You can't do the normal things you would do when you go through a breakup, whether just like hang out with your friends all the time going on a sex bender, like what, not normal, not you personally, but just like, I don't know. I don't know what y'all do. (laughs) I don't know what y'all do, but like you can't do that. And then also it's like the world feels very doom and gloom right now. Mm -hmm. As I look outside and it is, looks like an apocalypse happening. It's so orange right now from the fires. It's very spooky. So then also like navigating a relationship ending well, even maintaining a relationship, regardless yeah. of like breakups, like maintaining a relationship through quarantine is difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can speak way more on that than I can, but yeah. We're thriving. I, what are you talking about? I'm kidding. I just mean for everyone. I'm just kidding. I'm for kidding. someone who's actually maintaining. Um, yeah. It's like just a whole nother, like, especially me and Taryn, we're newly together this year and it was just like dealing with thing after thing, which for us it showed how well we work together. I mean, of course there's been hard times and we were thrown into getting to know each other very well, but yeah, it's like sink or swim right now. And I think a lot of people are sinking. (laughs) I think it's all about mindset too, because like when it comes to breakups, it's a terrible thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's never going to feel great unless it's like a really toxic relationship and you're like, okay, finally I'm done. Even that might not feel great to get out of, you know, there are going to be moments regardless. Totally. Um, but I, I think it's important to just like try as best as you can to focus on the positives Mm -hmm. because everything is so crazy right now, Mm -hmm. especially with quarantine and like mental health, like I just do not even let myself go to the negatives. Yeah. I do sometimes and then I spiral. But that's why we try to avoid it and we stay positive. Exactly. It's kind of better that you can't really avoid your feelings in right now because going through a breakup, like I think, well, I think it's necessary sometimes to just shut down and avoid it all. And like, like I said, go out drink if you're of age, whatever. But I feel like people are kind of forced to deal with their emotions. But if you're not good at dealing with those emotions, then it can be I mean, or harder. if you just don't have the tools to yeah. manage them. Because there's a lot of times where people right now are dealing with their mental health and they can't just ride the wave out. You mm-hmm. know, they don't have the tools to get through it. Exactly. And that is a totally valid thing to be dealing with too. But I think you got to just start somewhere and start by looking for tools. How can I fix this? How can I help? What are healthy coping mechanisms, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And there's so many resources out there that you can use. So I think just starting by addressing like, what can I do? So obviously you've gone to therapy since you were 18. Very impressive. Yeah, but in general. We've had a rocky relationship. (laughs) Me and therapy, we're on and off. Um, but a lot of people, especially because a lot of people are experiencing 
anything related to mental health for the first time right now with the world just being flipped upside down, how do you start before, like whether you haven't talked to your family or friends or gone to therapy yet, like how do you get into helping yourself? I think there's a lot of research that comes with it, Mm -hmm. but um, that is why we're here talking about this to help people (laughs) cut down on some of that. Um, But for me, one of the best starting places is therapy. I know there are a bunch of online therapy resources where um, they are cheaper if you don't have insurance uh, or less frequent. Um, And I do know that there are some places who do offer free therapy options. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but I think, I don't want to say it because if it's wrong, then I'm just going to be misleading a bunch of people. But I do think (laughs) there are some free options out there if you fall under a certain category. So yeah, therapy does not have to be super expensive. No. Um, yeah, definitely look into some options. I know better help is a company I've worked with a few times. Mm -hmm. I've used them. Um, and they're cheaper than most therapy options. Mm -hmm. So that is one that you could look into. Uh, I've heard good stuff about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is usually where I tell people to start. Maybe try to see if you can get into therapy. I recommend therapy for everyone. How did you find your therapist? I feel like a lot of people ask, like even just friends are like, where the heck do I find a therapist? I found my first therapist through um, this girl on my high school cheer team. Cute. We, yeah, we went to the same therapist. We weren't like close enough friends to where it was weird. Yeah. But you don't um, want that like conflict. Yeah. I think my mom got the contact from her mom or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and after that, I think I got my second therapist. Uh, I was seeing the same one as my cousin for a little <laughs> bit, which is fun. We weird. love a good referral. Um, I do love a good referral. That's actually a great way to segue into talking to your friends about mental health. Any of you got a good therapist? No, we should all look for one. Yeah, honestly, though, like if you're looking for a therapist and you either know your friend goes to therapy, which if you guys are best friends, you probably don't want the same therapist because you might be discussing each other and that could get a little... But usually your therapist will have recommendations of other people. Exactly. Where you could get a list and be like, hey, my friend's looking for someone. Do you mind emailing her Mm -hmm. or whatever? Therapists know a lot of other therapists. Yeah. Yeah. So just start with one. And then that opened the door to talk to your friends about it, which is always fantastic. Yeah. Referrals are great. Are you going to therapy in in person right now or online? I'm doing over the phone. Okay. Um, which do you like that? Um, it's not my preference. Mm -hmm. I prefer going in person because I feel like I can engage better. Yeah, totally. Um, but it still helps to talk every now and then. Yeah. Also this kind of piggybacked off of what we were talking about earlier in the episode. Somebody asked that they said they're not super keen on medication, but my anxiety is insane now, which I know you said you're not like a big fan of medication either. Do you have any tips on naturally dealing with anxiety? Yeah, 100%. Go see my dad. He's a chiropractor. <laughs> um, no, but there are a lot of uh, options for you other than medication. I think it's common for people to think that's their only option. Mm-hmm. But therapy is one. You can try supplements. Um, meditation is actually something, believe it or not, that I have seen real results with. Yeah. Um, in terms of dealing with anxiety, there is an app that I currently have called Headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, not sponsored. I wish it was please. Sponsor yeah. <laughs> but they have little guided meditations on there. You can pay if you want like 
extended access, but there's a lot of free meditation Mm -hmm. things on there. Um, And I think that's been really helpful for me and a few other people I know that have used meditation techniques. Yeah. Um, But yeah. It's like an easy intro to meditation. Yeah. Especially apps on your phone. It's just like, it's a quick download. Yeah. It's free. Um, You can try it. If it's not for you, try the next thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you can uh, try supplements, but I would usually go to someone like a chiropractor, holistic doctor to kind of recommend what you should be taking for, yeah, instead of just like throwing stuff at yeah. it that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that is a big misconception. There's a lot of supplements out there that are like, you can just take this mm-hmm. for that. But I would get a recommendation for what you should be taking. Yeah. Um, cause there's a lot of things like that, that will act in a similar way with your brain chemistry mm-hmm. as medication, but won't have the crazy side effects, mm-hmm. um, which is always a little less scary for me. Um, so yeah, those are a couple options. If you don't want to do medication. Yeah. You've been sharing so much of, um, advice your therapist has been giving you on Instagram, which thank you really sends me little appreciate it. They're so cute. And they're so, does she have an Instagram? She needs to like, I don't know. I feel like that is maybe a client therapist boundary. I shouldn't cross to find her Instagram. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) But I mean like she should become an Instagram, like absolutely an Instagram therapist. Yeah. Um, is there anything that really stands out that you've learned from her recently that you would like to share with me and the peeps? I mean, everything. It's (laughs) it's an hour full of, can you just record your next session and post it on YouTube? (laughs) Oh God, you wouldn't want to hear that. Oh my God. Is it mean about me? No, not about you. No one wants to hear the. No one wants to hear that. Oh God. Now we really want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think because everything she tells me is so good. Yeah. You just like, oh, um, hmm. that's how I always feel like anytime I've done any form of therapy that I'm like, oh my God, that's so simple. Why did I not think of that? But it's like, we are not trained to think of that. I was telling one of our friends the other day, like you would not hire, you would not do your electrical work in your house by yourself when you have no, you don't know me, (laughs) you would get electrocuted, but you wouldn't expect yourself to know how to handle that. Or like, if you broke a bone, you wouldn't be like, Oh, let me just pop that back in. I know how to wrap my arm. So it heals properly. Why do we feel this need to heal our brains on our own? Like, why are we so afraid to get that professional help? Because that's what they're trained to do. I know, but it's like, I mean, there is a huge stigma, but I think by talking about it and even like recording this podcast about mental health and all of that, it really helps take down that stigma and Mm -hmm. normalizes it so people feel more comfortable. Totally. Um, And I think it's hard because a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking to their parents about it or their support system. Mm -hmm. And there are some cases where people can't talk to their parents or their friends about it because Mm -hmm. it will not be received well. Um, and in those situations, uh, I'm probably not the best person to give advice because that's nothing that I've personally had to deal with, but there are options out there Mm -hmm. that don't require, you know, talking to your parents. Like you can download Headspace on your phone and see if meditation is going to help you Mm -hmm. or try to talk to a friend if your parents won't listen and see if you can get help without that. Yeah. And I think like even how you're mentioning like better help and I don't know all the names of the online therapy. I, I know that they offer deals a lot of time. I even think they've 
done, I don't know if this is true, so I'm sorry if it's not, but I know, like, I think a couple of them have done specials during quarantine because they've seen such a rise Mm -hmm. that it's like, you can check that out on your own as well to try to get started and kind of understand yourself. And there's so many books, which you can get for free. You can rent from a library. Rent? Is that the right term for a library? Check out. Check out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's a rental. Yeah, I don't know. But there are things that you can do to kind of educate yourself first before if like Joe said if you don't if you're not in a safe space to talk to family if you don't feel safe to talk to your friends we need new friends <laughs> yes and if you're having trouble finding friends especially in a pandemic the internet exists for a reason uh, truly like make friends with people in the comments yeah honestly like literally any of you this will be an episode on my um, podcast YouTube channel. If you guys want to comment, I encourage you all to chat with each other, like get a little pen pal friendship going on so you feel safe. And sometimes that's the nicest thing to like make a connection with a stranger in a safe way. Please make sure you're not being like catfished or whatever. And don't go meet anybody in person. Yeah. Don't go meet anybody like without really knowing that they are who they are. But that's kind of like the perfect blend of having a friendship, but also kind of distant enough that you bare your souls to a person. Mm-hmm. Like I've met some of my closest friends from the internet. So mm-hmm. it's helpful. I would concur. <laughs> Go on Tinder and start talking about your mental health. <laughs> Go to Bumble Friends. Hashtag spawn. Oh, cute. That is a thing. I don't know. I've never used it and I've always kind of wanted to. But I feel like are people really using it just for friends? They gotta be. I mean, there's like, there's a non-friend one. So why wouldn't you? I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to go off on a freaking tangent. Okay. I'm going to try to ask you one more question before we have to wrap this up. I'm going to go- Better make it a juicy one. I know. I'm like, (laughs) I need to really- You know what? And we already did kind of touch on this, but I don't think we gave um, ways to handle this. A lot of you are asking how to be productive when- you are anxious or depressed or dealing with anything. Because like we said, sometimes for us, we have to kind of force ourselves to do the things Mm -hmm. we don't want to do. How? (laughs) But tell me how. (laughs) Well, as queen of productivity, um, no, I'm terrible with this, but there is advice I can offer not saying that I have taken it. That's Um, okay. We don't need to take it to give it. (laughs) It's true. The Uh, theme of my podcast. (laughs) I'm going to need you to just record that one sound bite. Take it out. No. Um, I think in terms of being productive, again, I will keep bringing this up because my therapist always brings it up. (laughs) Contrary action and just like doing the things you don't want to do. But also for me, it helps when I'm organized and I kind of just like take a minute to Mm -hmm. make a list. Like if you're spending a lot of time during your day in bed, Add like one thing a day that yeah. you can do that's like maybe not even super productive, but at least a hobby or something. For me, it's been like learning how to play guitar. I've been terrible at keeping up with that, mm-hmm. but it should be a daily thing where I just do that for 10 minutes every day and you build up that productivity window. Mm-hmm. Um And once you do one little teeny productive thing, it feels a little bit easier to do something else afterwards, you know? Yeah. It's just like... Because it feels good. Get on a roll. And you're like, ah. Yeah. So I would recommend trying new hobbies. I don't know. Find like a DIY craft on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So start small. You can stay in bed. You can do something productive, but stay in bed. I play guitar from my bed. 
Yeah, exactly. Everyone go play guitar from your beds. Also, exercise does help. Yeah. Yeah. Exercise is it a is hard massive one for me. Right now. I know. That's like weather. our gym is in our garage and I so badly wanted to work out because I was feeling anxious today. And I know that's, I think that's the one that I do. Wait, what is it? Counter the action thing. Your therapist says. Contrary action. Contrary action. <laughs> Sorry. That's the one that I've gotten better at doing is like, I don't want to work out, but I know how good it makes me feel. So I can force myself to do that even if I like lay on the ground and just stretch. So now the freaking fires, I'm like, I can't even go outside because my asthma. Yeah. But this will pass and then you can get back to doing yeah. what you need to do. I think giving yourself a little break, treat it as a snow day, fire day, California, yeah, stay inside. Day. Um, An ash day as it falls from the sky. Yeah, take it as a holiday from working out. But then when it gets better, remember that it's something that's going to make you feel good. Even, I think, not to sound rich or anything, but my Apple Watch. (laughs) Not to sound too rich. (laughs) But my Apple Watch has uh, helped because it tells you like, hey, you need to work out 30 minutes every day. Oh, same. Even if I just walk my dog Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes, it still counts. So even just going on a walk, because it's super easy to get stuck indoors Mm -hmm. and like stay in bed, which I did the first like three months of quarantine. And and sometimes you kind of just got to freaking do that. I like to write in like my to-do list at the top of it, something that's like easy to do in a productive way. Like something, so not record a podcast, not make a video, not work, not even work out, like not send an email, something so little at the top of my to-do list. And then if I do that, yeah, it's just like- Wash your face. Yeah. Do do your skincare routine. Walk your dog. just wash your face. Yeah, not the whole routine. Just wash your face with just Start water. Small. <laughs> I'm like, we can't expect. I'm the like world cringing for inside. I'm like, no, you must do all 20 steps. We cannot talk to Cami Scott about skincare. No, I mean we can, but then we're gonna need like five more hours on this podcast. <laughs> so, with that being said, we are gonna wrap it up. Joe, thank you so much, one for coming Thanks and hanging out with me because me. it helped my anxiety today, and sharing your wealth of knowledge from both you and your therapist. Can we like give her a fake name? Because I feel like I need to thank her. God, I can only think of a real name. <laughs> I'm going to call her Sue. Sure. Okay. That's not, it, not my it? favorite name. I know. It just sounds sweet. Like, it's little... rude to say I don't like that name. Okay. No, I don't know. Whatever. We won't fake name her. Well, thank you to Joe's therapist <laughs> for helping us out indirectly today. Um, where can the people find you? At home. <laughs> <laughs> where you all should be. <laughs> Stay home, wear a mask, and and follow me on Instagram (laughs) at Joanna Simon and maybe TikTok. Oh my God, I'm actually crying. Oh, I love you. Thank you for being here. (laughs) You are a comedian. And I will see you all next week. Bye.